13 years in this business. I, quote unquote, should be higher up, further along, and bigger than I currently am. However, that complaint isn't really a complaint, it's not whining, it's actually a critique of my talent, work ethic, and real inability to adapt to a changing economy. I say that because even with all of that, I, however, in the last year, have done some what I consider great accomplishments. I've become a father, I bought a house, and in this business, I released a pseudo-double album that accompanied an independently produced comedy special. It was the first one ever shot entirely in virtual reality. Now, I mention all of this, one, to update you on what the hell's been going on with me, and two, so you'll hopefully fucking buy it. But third, it's to let you know that while deep diving into the promotion of this business to figure out how to promote and get some eyes from the media on what the hell I've been doing, I have now realized and noticed that the people who write about stand-up comedy in general are not good. Like, at best, they're lazy assholes in a tiny bubble, and at best, they're just terrible at their jobs. Now, this isn't for me. This is stuff I've noticed from all my friends who have been making it, and a bunch of lists I've seen online. It is a prevailing thing in this industry that the people who should seek out talent to then promote it to the masses are themselves probably lazier than most fans. Today on the DTF podcast, I burn my fucking house down. You know why? Because it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. It's a new the DTF podcast we're back holy shit it's been like a year why am I even bringing this back well because it's actually uh, I uh, have been very 
busy with shit and doing stuff, and now I'm back into a routine and can talk to you guys again. And to be quite honest, the podcast kind of did better without me doing anything, uh, which makes me feel like I'm going to kill it doing another episode. But yeah, you guys have been listening uh, quite heavily. It's grown since I've been gone. I've, I've been checking up, but no promotion, no nothing. And it's just finding its own little niche. So I'm glad you fucking comedy nerds out there like me, or I don't know, wanting to listen to me talk a bunch of shit and dissect a art form that, uh, dies when we dissect it. So, Hey, welcome. We're doing it again. We're back. And I'm angry as ever. Why? Because I can. Because I've get not given up, but I like I kind of don't give a shit anymore. I'm in my 13th year of comedy, and uh, man, I really this does feel like a new dawn. Shit's changing in my life, and I'm like, fuck it. I just want to have fun and uh, spit off some shit. So, guess what we're doing moving forward? We might be attacking people now. Uh, probably not. I like talking about the shit that I like, but. Uh, there's gonna be some more, uh, me going like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. Um, so, yeah, but th- just to give you guys an update of what's going on with me and where the fuck I've been for the last year, uh, and what's going on in our world, I've become a dad, huh? I'm a little daddy boy now, yeah, this is what a daddy sounds like. Uh, got a little baby girl, she's fucking cute as shit, and, uh, I'm surprised I, uh, Surprised I like being a dad. I was never one of those people that uh, wanted to have kids, but uh, now that I got one, it's pretty dope. Like play, I say this, and like I want to like smash cut to like three years down the road when I'm doing an episode and be like, "This little fucking bitch." Uh, but right now, she's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I got a got a little kid now. I also got a, a my well, I I have a house. My wife bought it because. Uh, I make enough money to buy groceries, and my wife makes enough money to buy a house. Uh, So we got a house. I'm, like, becoming a regular fucking person. Um, And, yeah, and just so you guys know, my producer, Ryan, shout out to him. He's doing great. He's still, uh, since the last time we talked, he's still in China, huh, dealing with the coronavirus. He's still holding his breath to not become a zombie, so keep it going for him. He hasn't breathed, he hasn't taken a breath in the last six months. Uh, hopefully he's doing okay. Uh, I think he's falling in love. I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood, but yeah, things are going good personally in our lives. Uh, comedy-wise, though, uh, I'm still doing comedy. I did it more than ever in 2019. I went on tour uh, for basically the whole year, uh, my wife and my baby came with me since Canada's awesome and they let my wife be on, uh, maternity leave. So she, she and the baby came with me. We were in Canada and the U S for basically a little over three fourths of the whole year. I was on tour doing clubs and colleges and one-off gigs. So made some money there. That was pretty cool. And I also released an album. That came out. It's called White Noise. You guys can listen to it on all major platforms. It hit number six on iTunes. I was going for number one, but I hit number six worldwide. I think it stayed stayed up on the charts, uh, top 100 charts, for, I think, five days. And you know what? I'm going to pat myself on the back because it was self-produced, all independent, and this fucking entrepreneur pulled it out of his ass. And I'm a lazy, good-for-nothing asshole, and I did something like that. All right? It was a double album I had. I kind of did... Uh, one taping, but I made a clean version and a dirty version. Uh, and then it also we shot it in VR. Uh, so I had the comedy special in virtual reality. It's the first one ever. Still trying to find a platform for it, but I think I got something. So that'll be coming out. And 
Yeah, enough about that shit, right? That's that's cool stuff, right? You guys didn't come here for me to brag. Uh, but l you know what? I'll do you a favor. Uh, if you're going like, oh, what the fuck is Sam doing? Here's, uh, here's a track that we can all listen to. That way you guys can judge me, uh, like we did on, like, the first episode where it's like, well, you know what? You talk a lot of shit about comedy and how much you like it. How good are you at it? Well, this is how good I am, all right? So sit back and listen to this, and then we'll get into me ripping into the business. I don't know why I turned into Trump right there. Can I be a hackier fucking comic, huh? Can I talk about Trump? Uh Oh fuck! I did I did Trump. I did coronavirus. What, what the fuck else? Hey, do you guys like the Power Rangers? Huh? I'm a millennial dad. God damn it! You know what? Fuck me. <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's some actual good comedy from me instead of some riffing horseshit open mic comedy I just did. Enjoy. Yeah, I'm an interracial marriage. I am Irish-American, white trash. We already covered that. Uh, my wife, however, is Chinese-Canadian. Canadian, thank you. <laughs> Get the sense in here by that tepid reaction that you guys are a little disappointed to find out she's not black. I got that right. I <laughs> Just call it out. <laughs> it happens all the time where I'm like, I'm an interracial marriage. Everybody's like, oh! Oh, look at you, white boy. Way to go. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, here's my wife. I'm like, oh, fucking liar. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a dude. I had a dude. I was doing a show, and I was like, I'm in racial marriage. My wife's Canadian. And a dude just stood up and was like, that's not interracial. Asian and Caucasian, that both has Asian in it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I wish that was the end of it, but I was like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm not Chinese. Like, dude, interracial is black and white. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, dude, interracial is black and white. I've been to porno websites. Asian has its own tab. I'm like, uh. <laughs> the logic is there. It is interracial because we have to deal with race and shit. I don't. She does. Like, like I took her down to Oklahoma City one, uh, one time. My fault, right? But we go down there, and we go out to a bar, and right when we walk in, some dick bag, like, this is all we see, right? We walk into the bar, tingling-ling, right? And there's a dude sitting at the bar drinking, and we walk in, and he turns around, and this is all we see. He looks at us, and he just goes, looks like someone's got yellow fever. <laughs> just turns right back around. And at first, I was like, looks like someone's fucking racist. <laughs> all right, yeah, gotcha. Here's the thing, all right? We can get personal tonight. Like, I, racism, that bothered me, but not as much as this personal fact, right? Because if he knew me and my wife personally, he would know that he got that reversed, right? Because I, Sam Norton, do not have some weird Asian fetish yellow fever thing, all right? My wife happens to be one of two Asian women I have ever been with my entire life. So I don't have some fucking fetish. I just happen to fall in love with her. However, my wife has only ever been with white dudes. <laughs> How come nobody gives her shit? She clearly has a fetish for blonde-haired, blue-eyed, translucent leprechauns. <laughs> And she just gets to skip around, Scott. Be equal. You know what I mean? Fuck that. I don't have yellow fever. She's got fucking cotton mouth. Do you understand?
Just saying, be fair, you know? Let's... Yeah, so that was me talking shit. I don't know what track I just gave you, but I, I hope you enjoyed it. That's what I do. If you guys want the whole album, it's called White Noise. Find it on whatever platform and uh, comment on it, you know? Give it some... Give it some fucking thumbs up or whatever platform you're on. They, they all have different. Just fucking like it and then comment on it. I don't even care if it's negative. Just the more comments you got, the more it gets interacted, the algorithm likes it, then it gets played more, and then baby boy. I'm not baby boy. I'm daddy boy. <laughs> daddy boy makes a little bit more money. Gotta buy some groceries so my wife doesn't think I'm fucking useless. All right. So let's get into what this episode's fucking about, right? Uh, so when doing promotion this last year for the album and diving into this, and then also, like I said, I've been in comedy for a while. I I technically started off in Kansas, but I I was in Chicago for 10 years before coming up here to Toronto and, uh, kind of a brag. I don't know. I just happen to fucking fall in friendship with these people, but I have a lot of friends who are doing quite well in the industry like some are i think legit famous now and nothing makes me happier about that um but what i have i think i've slowly noticed it but it wasn't until i was uh like seeking out media to drum up interest for my album that i i really like because i was pitching it you know i'm pitching my mediocre self by myself you know it's not like an agent's going like hey you got to listen to this guy it's like hey you got to listen to me (laughs) So it was already difficult, and I'm selling and you know, I'm trying to pitch an album that uh, I'm proud of, but I can see that people just go, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's that's okay, you know? Um, so that was already hard pitching to this media. So I, I had that perspective on it. However, I, I noticed that the, the people I were pitching to to cover it or just get interested were so lackadaisical about any response and I don't know how much they have on their plate at work but it seemed again I'm pr- I think I'm pretty good about reading people in general or else I wouldn't be able to do comedy this long uh it, it seemed like they were just kind of flap doodling around it and I went you know what maybe it's just they saw my shit didn't want to deal with me But then I started thinking back on this specific point. There's a lot of my friends who, when we started off in Chicago together, uh, I mean, I was there for 10, 11 years, right? I I fucking honed my shit in one city. And there's a lot of my friends who did the exact same thing, right? They were there for 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years, a little bit longer than me. And everybody got really good in Chicago, like amazing. And then, uh, like a lot of cities, you all like everybody thinks you got to go to New York and L.A. And when I say everybody thinks, I'm putting it in air quotes because you do. You really got to. That's where the industry is built. I am not a fucking dumbass or think I'm going to change the world by going like, you don't need to. The Internet's changing it, but not that much. There's a whole industry built in both of those towns. Those are the meccas of comedy, right? One's more show business, L.A., even though that's changing, and one's more media in general, and that's New York, okay? The point I'm trying to make is everybody made an exodus to those cities. 
Um, and when they did, I still hung around for like a year or so before I came up here. But when all my friends moved out to those respective cities, I noticed from afar and keeping in touch with all of them that they immediately took over the comedy scene. They were like people were buzzing about them. There were friends of mine that immediately got onto high TV shows, some movies. They got comedy specials, late night credits, like immediately. Okay, and everything. I, I every time it happened, I I was very happy and I bragged and I was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" Everybody's breaking all at once. And then, like I said, after I kind of started promoting my album and stuff like that, I realized, oh. It wasn't necessarily that they moved and then hit this new fucking plateau that I didn't see. Like, they got way better. It's like, no, they were always better. They were just in front of the right people. And then it dawned on me, all these fucking people that write about comedy, not all. This is all in in general. Uh, I'm going to leave myself out so that way I can still have a little bit of a face in this fucking industry. But in general, there are a lot of people who cover stand-up specifically um cover stand-up that uh you know whether they write about it or talk about it they they cover it like they're in the know they know what's going on because the average person doesn't like fuck the average person goes out to a comedy show and thinks that all comedy is the same doesn't even recognize that there's different genres like there is music that's what that that's where we're at in this art form now is that comedy has different genres you have the equivalent of like rap music you have the equivalent of folk music you have the equivalent of country there's different genres of comedy so when people go when regular civilian type people go out to a comedy show or club they just think oh funny is funny nah motherfucker there's different things but i don't i don't hold anything against normal people right that's not their world but people who write about it right people who uh cover comedy who are supposed to cultivate and curate tastes for people to go yeah that's who i need to pay attention to i realize like oh these motherfuckers don't don't do any diligence. They don't go anywhere other than their two-block radius in L.A. or New York, the people that, you know, the writers that matter. Like, at best, at fucking best, and this is me being uh, just real uh, nice to them, at best they'll go to a fucking festival uh, in a, another major city. Um, but that And that's very far in between. Because, I, dude, I once I noticed this, I, I sat down a couple of days ago, uh, when I knew I wanted to talk about this for the podcast, and uh, I got on to like six or seven top uh, websites. I'm not gonna name any of them, but you can Google if you just Google like top new comedians. There's like a, a fuckload of like lists that go, "Ooh, this is the top new comedian of you know 2019, 2020, whatever." And if you go down the list, every I'm pretty sure, I don't think I missed anybody, I'm pretty sure every single fucking comedian is either in LA or in New York City. And it drives me fucking crazy. Because all those people, not all of them, majority, I, I'll even be nice and say 80%, even though I know it's fucking 99%. 99% of them got better Somewhere else. They got good. And then they finally moved out to L.A. and New York. And then whoever was just sitting, you know, in their two-block radius of a show 
and went, oh, this person's new and good. It's like, no, they're not new. They've been, they've been doing it for a decade. They've been touring around, you know, the Midwest or the Southwest or the Rockies. Or they've, been, they've been nationally touring for probably five years since you've seen them. And now you're going, oh, that's a new community. No, motherfucker, you just don't get out of your goddamn bubble. And you force people to move to you. That's ridiculous. I, like... Again, I know that this, like, it is what it is, but the fr- I still have frustration. Why can't I be fucking mad at something, right? Because here's the frustration. C- comedians, we give up a lot. Not me. I somehow have it made. Uh, you know, I don't even give a shit if I get, I would like to be famous, but I don't really give a shit anymore because I, I have everything I've really ever wanted. I have a career that sustains me. I got a house. I got a loving wife. Like, I'm doing better than I ever thought I would. So th- this is nothing on me, but this is towards maybe a younger version of me that had a lot of anxiety. And then uh, comics coming up in the future, just comedy in general is like, you have to, in order to do comedy, by the way this industry is set up, you have to. There's no, um, oh, you can work around it. That, that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that almost every fucking comedian, in order to make it to the next level, has to sacrifice and live in New York and L.A. simply because the goddamn industry won't go to any of these other cities. Now, don't get me wrong. New York and LA are fun fucking towns. They're great and they are they are the established mecca. I'm not going to deny that, all right? So people who live there and like living there, I get it. I love it. Yeah, I got it. Awesome. However, there that those two, you know, titans of the industry are honestly enormous glass houses built on like six other pillar cities, like comedy scenes, right? There's New York and LA who are at the top. But those only fucking exist because of places like Denver or Memphis or Dallas or Houston or Chicago or Boston, right? I think that's six, right? And there's probably other ones that are, but off the top of my head, those are like six amazing comedy scenes that anybody that goes there, you go, holy shit, there's some, there's a lot of fucking killers here. And that's because like everybody gets really fucking good there, makes some money, is able to like, live kind of a regular life and sustain themselves, not live, you know, in a two-bedroom with 14 people and only eat cans of corn, which I did. Not in New York and L.A., but I did it in Chicago. But that's because I'm poor white trash. Uh, But I'm saying, like, like having to sacrifice that instead of, like, God God forbid, what if someone grew up and they want to stay around a support system because a lot of people have depression or anxiety, but they still want to live, or they still want to do comedy. What if someone, like, is in Denver, right? There's fucking amazing comedians in Denver just crushing it, right? And what if they want to stay there and live there and have a support system, yet still chase their dream? They can do it, but is anybody going to come fucking recognize them? No, because most of the people in the industry just go, you know what? If they're not in New York and L.A., if they're not willing to sacrifice, they're not good. It's like, oh, okay, well, f- that's that's a very perverted, kind of diabolical view on anything that only two fucking cities matter. When, honestly, the amount of comedians from those cities are negligible at best like actually from born and raised in New York and LA that are as good as, you know, the thousands of people from (laughs) 
Iowa or Ohio or Florida. You know what I mean? And the people that started off in places, like I said, like my, my, maybe I still just have a, I don't know, hometown pride. I'm not even from there, but like Chicago and even here in Toronto, the amount of amazing talent uh, that are in these cities that, uh, you know, barely get, if any recognition, they get nothing. And it, it's a shame that everybody has to fucking leave because then the local art scene, uh, you know, it prunes away people, but it also uh, can prune away so much that some fucking, uh, some scenes die. Uh, and then they have to regrow from nothing. Um, and it's all because... It, and it, listen, th this is really hard to talk about uh, in a in a general way because I want to keep it general that I'm not happy with how it's set up, even though I know there's no changing it, right? But I I think the one thing that can change, right? New York and LA are always going to be what they are, and people are going to have to move there to reach a certain level. However, the discovering level, like, oh, we just discovered the next big thing, maybe the people that write about it and do discover, like, fucking, I know that it, things, it's not like the Major League Baseball where they're going around to, like, high school games going, like, this is going to be the next, uh, you know, Babe Ruth. But, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe visit another scene sometime, go out to comedy shows there and write up some people there. Like, they act like they're just, like, when people move out to L.A. or New York from places like Denver, Chicago, Austin, right, and they come in and just swoop through and fucking burn every room down and just show up everybody going like, holy shit, where did this person come from? Well, they came from a scene that is amazing right and then someone writes up and they go hey this is the next person and they act like they're discovering them in their city like oh this this comedian in new york is the next one you're discovering these people like columbus discovered quote unquote america it's like not nah, dipshit they've always been there you're just late to the party you know what i mean like yeah native americans have been here the whole time all of the tomatoes oh you think tomatoes are amazing and you're gonna take them back to italy and be like hey we discovered these yeah they've been in north america for fucking ever okay stop acting like you discovered shit you just discovered it for your own little bu goddamn bubble and again I, it's it it's it is uh, it just bothers me because it creates these these burdens that everybody has to sacrifice when it's completely unnecessary because like i said these these cities um like i'll, I'll just speak here about uh toronto i won't even talk about chicago all right i'll just speak here about toronto the amount of uh, and getting across the border is another thing but i'm going to talk about toronto as if it's just a north american city that's easy to go to new york or la uh even though immigration here it doesn't matter that's a separate issue uh but the, the amount of talent that's in this city is fucking great. There's a lot of really good people, uh, that, a lot of great comics, uh, that really, if anybody had uh, somewhat of an eye on this city or any uh, big comedy scene, um, they would be able to pluck out the, I'll even say like five five or six comedians that should be plucked out instead of putting the burden on them to move to where you fucking see them. Like, that's ridiculous. Because there is a, a healthy, like, amazing scene here. There, One, there's a market big enough to sustain the amount of rooms and uh, kind of 
community support you would need from that, but there's also a healthy competitive aspect to it. There's people that have been doing it for very long, right? To that burn the rooms down to make other comics coming up go, all right, I got to fucking torch it like that person does. So it's it's really an unnecessary evil to have to burden yourself to go somewhere else because you can get... Uh, maybe not Chris Rock good. Again, like I said, I get that New York and L.A. are there to maybe get to the elite level. But to get to fucking 90% of the way up there, you can stay in these major markets and do it. And you would also be able to get the benefits of getting 90% of the way up there. Your TV sets, your fucking... I, I don't know, getting on to whatever media gets you exposure, right? That... That has the ability if the fucking any any exposing media would give a shit and visit these major markets. I'm not asking them to go to fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma or Dubuque, Iowa. I'm asking them to go to like six or seven major markets occasionally, once a year, pop around to shows and go, oh, there's a fucking person. So that way when they make these goddamn lists, it's not, hey, look at me discovering people that I saw uh, <laughs> yesterday in Hollywood or yesterday in Brooklyn. Like, uh, uh, okay, well, those people have been really crushing it for way longer than you think that they're a baby comic. It's, oh, God damn it. Could you tell how fucking frustrating this is to me? And there's really no, honestly, there's no complete point of me doing this because all this does is alienate myself to my own industry. Uh, but it, it, I, I feel like it's important that nobody actually talks about that. Uh, I, I'm trying to imagine any other industry. Maybe the fucking, you got to move to Silicon Valley, but do you? Do you got to move to Silicon Valley to make it, make an app? Or can you just make an app and do really well? And that's the thing with like comedy too, is that really honestly, comedy is is a traveling art form. The only reason you stay in one market is to build up your uh, your material, right? Like like you stay in one city that you know you can get shows at and shit like that, right? And you build up new material and rooms that feel safe and comfortable to try out new shit, then whenever you get a new hour, guess what you do? You don't fucking do your hour in that city all the time. No. The goal is to then go out on the road and travel, be a troubadour, and bring your product like a fucking vacuum cleaner salesman. You go door to door, that meaning like city to city. You go to clubs, theaters, whatever you're doing, and you fucking sell your product to the masses out there. Which So why not go out? Why not if you're covering... This is what I don't understand. Media-wise, if you're covering an art form that inherently travels for a living, why not? And I'm not asking them to travel for a living, but travel a little bit to meet halfway because the, the, the art form that you're following really thrives in in every major city and even smaller cities like that that's where it lives and breathes so why not try to discover out there that that's the ridiculous thing and i also understand how amazingly uh i like don't have perspective right now because i'm specifically talking about united states and uh kind of north america when honestly 
comedy is such a global thing now. I, I'm, I, you could even stretch this to, um, like Europe and Australia and like there, there are so many international comedians that are kicking ass. And then, you know, again, when they go to New York or LA, that's when they're like, oh man, I, I discovered this new fucking comic. And it's like, yeah, this new fucking comic has been doing like Trevor Noah is a perfect example. That motherfucker was doing it for like 10 years in South Africa, got famous then went to the UK, did it for another, you know, eight years or whatever, got famous and then went to New York and is on the date. And they're like, Hey, we discovered this monster. And it's like, Oh, you discovered him because he's been crushing it everywhere else. Just burning the house down. And that, I think that's the, the arrogance of, and it's not the arrogance of the United States. All right. I'm American. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking burn my own nation down. All right. It is the arrogance of the industry of a lazy bubble writing group of people that go oh until i discover them it doesn't they don't exist like hey go fuck yourself you you, like you're you're like their job should not be to make or break somebody their job should be to introduce somebody you know what i mean make or break is is like you're not knighting anybody because they're guess what they're talented that it's also kind of the same thing with festivals they're talented with or without you like every comedian is their own sacrificial fucking entrepreneur we're all small business owners who have to learn a litany of that's why i'm not good at comedy i have specifically focused on trying to like hone a very difficult craft of comedy writing performing uh when there's a thousand other things I mean, how many comedians, like, comedians have to have podcasts. They got to have social media presence. They got to be their own manager, their own talent agent, uh, their own fucking <laughs> tax man. Like, that you have to do so much work. Um, and I'm not saying it's hard work because inherently we're all evil. I'm not saying it's uh, evil. We're all lazy. Uh, I'm not saying it's the same thing as, like, doing road construction and, you know, the, the North Pole or something like that. I'm just saying, like, we have to wear so many hats that it would be nice if people who write about comedy understood a little about what it is instead of, ooh, let me see if I can anoint somebody who doesn't need your anointing because go fuck yourself, right? You don't, like, <laughs> if, you knew what, if you knew what stand-up comedy is, you would know what your job is. Like, if you knew what the fuck comedians were doing, uh you would have some empathy for the the people doing it and go, you know what, let me throw some people a bone and really try to find somebody that uh, when I uh, put them up on a pedestal, I really am introducing them to a larger audience instead of, well, when they come to me, then I'll, uh, you know, I'll throw them a bone. Like that that's such a court jester having to kiss the like the king's ring on his fucking pinky it's it's so disgusting it's antiquated especially with the internet every one of us can build our own following and then it makes them even lazier that they're like oh i stumbled across them on the internet oh okay well did i could you go out to one of their fucking shows could you do could you put in a little bit of work like <laughs> you're writing right that that's that's what a lot of uh media people covering entertainment industry is they they're writers right 
Well, guess who else is a writer? A comedian. But we're also, like I said, performers, businessmen, and women. Like, I have no, I have no, I have no sympathy for people who are doing their job at a hack level. Uh, and that, that includes myself. I do. I get on myself all the time for being a hack comedian. I, I, I fucking sang on stage. I've dissected music lyrics. I've danced. I've done weird voices, right? I've done everything in this comedy business that I continually make fun of and don't like. However, I recognize it and change it. And I'm hoping that the people who cover my industry at one point will recognize their own follies and they will stop. They will want to be able to move on to the next plateau of whatever they do in media and stop being such a hack stool humping comic of a, a critic or a fucking anointer right that's that's basically what i want my industry to do i don't want it to completely shift and say oh there's no centralized thing fine la new york stay centralized do it right be a hub make make their jobs a little bit easier however meet us halfway go out on the road go find some comedians go go explore the breath that is this time in comedy. Like, it's never been, like, I, I would argue comedy's never been bigger. Even in the fucking 80s, it's never been bigger than it is right now. So go out and explore. Go out and find. How many times have I said that on this podcast in every episode? Go find, go find that funny. Go find what makes you laugh. Go find actual artists and comedians. There's some, I swear to God, there is somebody out there exactly saying what you think is the funniest. And they're, they're great. Like co- comedians are getting better and better because we get to see each other more and more and hear more and more comedy. So you go, well, I got to be different from that. I don't want to talk about that because too many people. I, I even called myself out. I did a fucking Trump and goddamn coronavirus joke. How many goddamn comedians are probably doing that? Don't listen to this hack. <laughs> don't listen. I'm such a fucking hypocrite. Oh god damn it! I, I good thing I turned my own rage on myself. Uh, cause what? Just so many people are at peace. That's I think maybe that's my biggest problem is with I discovered that there are people in this industry who are as shit at their job as I at, I am at mine. And it's like, be better, be better than me. Can't I be the lowest common denominator? How are you fucking worse than me? Like I'm, I'm terrible. I fucking hate. I I hate most of what I do. Uh, don't get me wrong. I got a lot of confidence. I'm doing pretty good. But I also, you know, like be better than me. That's all I'm asking. People who cover comedy, be better than me at your job. Do your job better. Be better. Go find comedy. Go go find your own funny. And I'm gonna say that to you guys too. Go find your own funny. I'll be here. We're gonna be bringing you more and more shows. I will introduce you to more and more fantastic comedians so you can quote-unquote discover them. And then I could be a hypocrite and become, it'll come full circle. In three years, I'll be one of those people that's like, ooh, I discovered this person because they came through my own city. And then they've been doing it for fucking 25 years, but I just discovered them, so they're brand new. It's You guys ever heard of this 80s metal hair band? Poison, or yeah, Poison, White Snake, Motley Crue. You guys heard of them? Oh, new band. Ugh, fuck me. This business is so fun, but it's also so frustrating. And I'm sure that's with your guys' too. Anyways, keep laughing. Go out and discover comedy. 
I love you, and we'll be here every whenever I release an episode. Shout out to Ryan. You guys have been amazing. I'll see you next time on the DTF Podcast. Goodbye. Things are going good personally in our lives. Ugh, fuck me.